Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. We would love to have have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better uh, because of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it, five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jammer. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in to another day with Jaguars Today. Mike Dempsey, Fat Tony, Dylan Denmark. What's up, Tony? What's going on? Well, when is Dylan's birthday? I don't know. Neither did I. And then he was pulling some highlights today for our favorite Super Bowl memories. And he Mm -hmm. goes, yeah, this one was played on my birthday. And I'm like, oh, that seems like he's setting us up for an upcoming birthday in the next few days, right? And then he goes, no, it was this Saturday. Like, oh, way to downplay it, youngster. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, usually, usually young people like to, to like to get attention on their birthdays. Nah, right? not me. No? Nah. You're, you're an old soul. How old yeah. are What are you, 25 now? 26. 26. I got health insurance now. Well, that's important. <laughs> yes. If you get sick, you know, don't get sick. That's also helpful. So- um, He's got health insurance and has been able to rent a car on his own for a whole year. Yeah, that's that's exciting. That's it, baby. Is it health insurance now that you're past a certain age, you're yeah, no longer 26. eligible to be on your parents' health insurance? Both. Is that it? Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's kind of what it is. All right. Usually so, how it works. Uh, Tony, special guest member of the family yeah. visiting us today. I love that he came in the studio and goes, Lily did that picture, right? <laughs> uh, that's right. You know. That's your little sister, Lily. Cristiano is here all the way from Brazil. And uh, so I picked up Cristiano. He's staying at a nearby uh, palatial hotel because mm-hmm. we're known for that here in Jacksonville. And so I picked him up this morning on the way into work. And he's, you know, obviously we want to catch up with him a little bit. He goes, don't put me on air for the whole show. Don't put me on air too much. I was like, Cristiano, come on. What am I going to do? I'm not going to put you in a bad spot. I mean, he goes, except when you tell Dylan that I'm really excited to meet Emmanuel and not him, right? I said, you know, point taken. Uh, that hurt does, my feelings. That does sound like something I did yesterday, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. So, oops, my bad. But he did get a big uh, a big hug. He was excited to meet E.T. Uh, and Chris John was meeting the whole crew. And as this happened, we ran into McManus on the way in we as did, well. Yeah. Uh, Chris John was rocking his Fred Taylor jersey, if you're wondering. He's on a two-week trip to the States and made a special trip who would do this mm-hmm. to come see us? <laughs> Literally, like, he, is the rest of the family already in Orlando? Like they're in Orlando waiting for him to go to all the theme parks. There you go. Yeah. And he's like, no, I've got to stay a night in Jacksonville so I can get up the next morning and go hang out with a couple of AM radio guys. <laughs> I guess we're technically FM radio guys we as well. Yeah. 92.5 FM, we love you all. 
out there driving around. But uh, Chris Jones probably excited. We'll talk to him later. But um, Brazil's getting football. That's we knew. What we didn't know is it would be a, on a Friday night. Now, I think what this is, if I'm not mistaken, is that the moratorium on playing on Friday nights kicks in like mid-September. I think that's what it is. Because the NFL has been blocked from doing this because it conflicts with high school football. And yeah. to have their antitrust exemption, I don't understand all the particulars. Obviously, I'm not some kind of lawyer, labor lawyer, or anything else. Uh, but they're supposed to avoid playing on Friday nights during high school football season. I think the earliness of the kickoff is what they're going for that gets them out of that window. But you got to believe, Tony, it's going to draw incredible numbers. Well, it's going to draw crazy numbers, and high school football starts before the NFL. That's what I thought. It starts yeah. like in August, right? Yeah. yeah. So, it starts but, before college football. But yeah. I do, that's what I was reading yesterday because I'm like, how, how are they allowed to do this? It's the first time since 1970 they'll have played a Friday night game yeah. when they play this one uh, next year. And uh, it's in Sao Paulo. I probably said that wrong, but uh, Cristiano tells us that's only an hour flight for him it is technically possible for the Jags to be the road opponent although I can't imagine they're going to send Jacksonville uh to three different continents in the same season Yeah, probably not yeah wouldn't think so I, I think there was a lot of scuttlebutt yesterday it could be Green Bay or Cleveland who knows uh you know I saw a lot of Philly fans complaining about it on uh the internet how could they do this to us this is ridiculous all right you know I, honestly if you're yeah. gonna do it that's the week to do it do it in the first week of the season yeah Right, you're down there. You can be at, down there as long as you need to be to be acclimated. You know, it's not like you have to buy week before you're going. Right, it's, I don't. I don't see what. Yeah. And, and you're gonna have two extra. You plan on a Friday. Yeah. So you got all that extra time. So even with the travel back, you're gonna be on your regular schedule for the yeah. next week. So I, now four days of football that first week of the season this year. Uh yes, Thursday, absolutely. Friday, Sunday, Monday, and let's yeah. hope for a Monday doubleheader. Yeah. You know, we didn't get it last year. We got it like in week two this year. We did. Yeah. The the doubleheader. So, anyway, welcome in, everybody. Uh, glad you're with us today. It is the week of Super Bowl 58 uh, as uh, NFL opening night was taking place. Tony, I thought about you and I have battled the masses on a many of those occasions, uh, elbow to elbow, trying to get some good scraps. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you generally – we we end up with the same kind of stuff, which is always fun. I've always enjoyed being in that kind of environment. Uh, it kind of invigorates you a little bit. I don't think there's much major breaking news coming out of uh, last night, other than the NFL denying that it has a Taylor Swift conspiracy in place, <laughs> uh, a purposeful one uh, put in place. So, yeah, I don't uh, think we got a whole lot. No, not a whole lot, but at least when we've been able to go to opening night, do those kind of things, we've had the opportunity to talk to several Free agents Pending over free the years, agents, right? Yes. Like Malik Jackson specifically comes to mind, but you know we've we've put in the word, right, for the Jags with whoever we night. could. We we did that year. We did we did Malik that year. We did AJ Boye one year, and we're taking full credit for the ones that came and were any yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, you know, at least they probably. I doubt they were influenced at all by it. But uh, you know what? If it takes that one last <laughs> little shove. <laughs> In the right direction. Today. Yeah, I think the money spoke louder than I'm we pretty did. sure it did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. But maybe, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's. Uh, let me listen to what Jacksonville has to say. Oh, mm -hmm. the money is good. Uh, today, as we kind of told you yesterday what we'd be doing, and I'm very heartened already by the amount of people that have taken the time to give their full list of five things. You know, yeah. it's why polls are so great. One click, boom, you're done. Your interaction for the day. 
is over. Uh, but today, uh, we posted this yesterday. Just to get an early start because it's going to be a little bit more comprehensive. What are your five favorite Super Bowl memories? Has uh, It's totally up to you. It has not have to do with who you're rooting for. No. It doesn't have to be a play. It could be something surrounding the Super Bowl. It could be the party you went to where you met your future husband or wife or whatever the case may be. Sure. You know, um, whatever that happens to be. An so, event around the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. If it's Super Bowl, directly Super Bowl related, it yep. would be considered a Super Bowl memory. Like if you took a trip to uh, whatever city and you were there for the whole Super Bowl weekend and you had some great whatever uh, festivities, uh, that's fantastic. I uh, want to remind you before we get any deeper into the show, we got the Jag Bag Super Bowl contest going on where we encourage you to email me at MikeD at 1010XL.com and you have to make two predictions in that email. Put something in the subject line about Super Bowl, Super Bowl contest, Jag Bag, something like that. So I am able to pick it out uh, very easily, but tell us which team's going to win Super Bowl 58, Kansas City or San Francisco. Everybody who gets that right will move on to your second a prediction, which is just simply predict something that will happen during the game. This has to be something verifiable, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you come up with something crazy that we have no way to, to source it, then, it, you know, you're going to be out of luck. All right. So, uh, again, it could be something like uh, Travis Kelsey catches five passes or I or, or five or more. And because if you're specific, we're going to hold you to that. If you say Isaiah Pacheco has 102 rushing yards, Ooh, not saying if you want to say difficult. Yeah, you can say 102 or more yeah. and you get everything over that. You can do whatever you like, make any prediction you want. But they both have to come true. But the trick is you got to make a second prediction that's likely enough to come true, but is the least likely to have come true out of the ones that did, if yes. that makes sense, right? Make so it one prediction, everybody. Make, uh, we're just tell, yeah. make it you know, as complicated as you want. People, Well, it is one prediction when I said Travis Kelsey will have seven catches for 114 yards and two touchdowns, one of which will be from 40 yards plus, and uh, the second one will occur in the last two minutes of the game. Okay. Okay, that's your prediction. Good that luck is. with that. Uh, you're probably not going to win. Uh, history tells us, Tony, <laughs> we no matter how many submissions we get, we usually only get max like 10 to 15 people who get both right. Both, and yeah. and sometimes there's way less than that. It's in the single digits, even with well into the triple figures in terms of people that enter. So yeah. there'll be some cool Jag Bag uh, goodies in there for the winner of the contest. Again, you have to email your loan email. Only send one. If you send a second one, eh, not going to like it. All right. And do include your contact info, name and phone number. But email those picks to Mike D at 1010XL.com. Somebody replied to my tweet yesterday and I and with their predictions. I said, mm-hmm. well, did you read the whole thread? Because the thread says, must email yeah. at this address. He says, yes, I read the thread. I picked the team. I made a prediction. I said, okay, good luck. <laughs> good luck to you. All right, hopefully, I don't know. I didn't check my mail. Maybe they also mailed me. Maybe. Could yeah. be. All right, so let's start the countdown today. We've got a uh, top five. We'll sprinkle these throughout the show. These are going to be personal to you. You can call in at any time. You can share your entire list. If you have a favorite Super Bowl memory, if you just want to talk Jag football, that's certainly on the table every day on this program as well. Uh, but, Dylan, let's start the countdown. Number five. Oh, isn't that nice, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think we stole that from the drill, they they long ago stole that from Fight Night, which yes. was uh, a show on this station, what, 16 yeah. years ago? Something yeah. like that? I think I'm officially the one who actually put that in the system. 
loaded that yeah, in there. all those years like ago. Like more yeah. than a decade yeah. and a half ago. Tony, why don't you go uh, first? Uh, what's your number five favorite Super Bowl memory? Number five, as you know, when we go to the Super Bowl every year, we usually get one credential to actually go to the game. And I usually just kind of beg off. It's like, I don't I don't need to go to the game. Absolutely. Like, I'd rather be home watching the game with friends, which I will be again this weekend. But the one year I did go was in Houston, and it was Super Bowl 51 with the Patriots taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And I I picked this play specifically because I thought I was there for the end of the Brady Empire. Ah. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out that way. Yes. Falcons overload the right side of the Patriots offensive line. Pass is picked. Intercepted Robert Alford. He's gone. There are no flags. And the Falcons add to their lead. Alford with a pick six. 82 yards, he returned that thing. The most beautiful part of that play was I had an angle on Tom Brady laying on the field watching it go by him. After he dove and couldn't make the tackle on the play after throwing the interception, I was like, here it is. I'm seeing the moment, the end of the Brady empire, and instead, a 25-point comeback. So I also got to be in the building for the best comeback. The most historic comeback, right. right. So I got to see a little bit of everything, thought I was seeing the end of it. Instead, I was just seeing maybe the most triumphant moment of the whole thing. I know it's the second Super Bowl for the Falcons, but I wonder if Jaguar fans would rather not make it to a Super Bowl or make it to a Super Bowl and be up by 25 points and lose yeah. the game. I, I would imagine you'd rather have the latter because you got that much closer mm-hmm. to getting there, but I can't speak for everybody on that one. All right, this one for me, Tony, from Super Bowl 41 had nothing to do with the game. I've been able – I've attended five Super Bowls in person, and I've seen some of the best halftime acts, I think. Uh, some I've really enjoyed. Bruce Springsteen was really good. I think Bruno Mars, and I saw him – as the headliner and as an ancillary piece out on in the Bay Area was excellent as well, but nothing tops the man in Miami. I never meant to call you when you're sorrow. Gotta let the hook get here. Mm-hmm. Well, look, it certainly wasn't that the Colts got Peyton Manning his first Super Bowl. And I say it that way because they carried him to the championship even though he was named MVP. You knew that was inevitable when he won his first one. But Prince played Purple Rain at halftime, and it starts raining during the show. And it's, I would say, generally regarded as the best Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. That doesn't mean everyone listening that's going to be their favorite performance. I think if you hold 10,000 people with a pretty good – basis of knowledge on who's performed at halftime in the Super Bowl. I think uh, this is the one that comes out for uh, number one for a lot of people. And uh, it was awesome. Never saw Prince in person other than that yeah. day. It was a cool event. Uh, you know, it was uh, one of the first Super Bowls I'd been able to attend in person uh, just a couple of years after we had the one here in Jacksonville. So there you go. That's number five for us. Uh, Tony had the what he thought would be the end of the Patriots dynasty, and I had mm-hmm. the uh, Prince halftime show as number five. We'll count them down throughout the course of the program today. If you want to share your thoughts with us, you're certainly welcome to do that. I uh, got a few thoughts, too, on Roger Goodell's uh, State of the NFL press conference yesterday that we'll get to coming up. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, 
Dylan Denmark, and yes, Cristiano in the house as well, all the way from Brazil. Uh, you can hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. And 641-1010 on the phone lines, the All Pro Roofing phone lines, or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, or the YouTube chat. We occasionally peek in on that as well, so you can uh, get your questions or comments posted that way. This is Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Rocket giving to Allen, sending him wide left. He has to reverse his field, but he, and he gets away for a moment. Comes back up to the middle of 30, 25, 40. Right past two minutes of 50, down to the 40. Picking up a blocker to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Raiders! I was Super Bowl 18, mm-hmm. Tone. Um, I don't think you remember that one. I did not watch your own that personal one, memory no. banks, right? But uh, you know, for me, I'd been probably watching the Super Bowl. I don't know for like maybe seven, eight years at that point, something like that, as a kid. Uh, and and thinking like 18, like oh, such so many years, so many mm-hmm. games that they've played. And here we are, Super Bowl 58, mm-hmm. 40 years later. Uh, and the reason we play that, well, A, that almost made my top five. Uh, and that did not make your top five, no. right? Pockets, by the way, decide, he goes, he goes, I'm young, man. Let me just do top three. Is that cool? Oh, like, yeah, that's fine. If you want to do top three, <laughs> do top four, whatever you want. So I uh, got this one from uh, the Jag dude on Twitter or X. I don't have any great memories. My team has never been. I'm a Jaguars fan, but before we got the Jags, I was a Raiders fan. Mm. Not anymore, so I've never really had any great Super Bowl memories, and I won't until the Jags get to one. I'm 48. Hopefully, I die. I just need one. Hopefully, before I die, I just need <laughs> Whoa. You know, you miss one word. Uh-huh. You miss one word. It really changes everything, okay? Hopefully, before I die, mm-hmm. I just need one. Uh, we're with you, the Jag dude. Uh, we just need one. But if you're 48, we're trying to count. You're probably born around 75-ish, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, we did not have that one in your memory banks. That was such a great one because this, the Washington Redskins at the time mm-hmm. were the defending Super Bowl champs. And that year, the year that they played Super Bowl 18 at the, the culmination, they lost two games. They lost them by each one point. They were as dominant a team Outside of maybe the seventy-two Dolphins, maybe even more dominant yeah. on a you know a, a results Most dominant basis. We, team we've seen outside of maybe the undefeated Patriots, possibly so. Yeah. Right, and we did see a, a San Francisco team that went fifteen and one, yeah. but they, at that time losing two games by a total of two points. I remember one of them was Green it's Bay. Crazy. I, th- I think it was Monday yeah. night. Like they lost like forty-eight, forty-seven, and like. 35-34, something like that. Like high-scoring games where that was the only way you got them. Yep. They had a great offense. They had a good defense. And the Raiders just went absolutely bananas on that team. And Marcus Allen, at that point, they are already blowing them out. When Marcus Allen went 74, that was the last play of the third quarter. And uh, Washington just got destroyed in that game. So I'm surprised. Uh, you know, If you're a 48-year-old Raider fan, that one might be in the – Memory banks. Yeah, I would think back so. Then. Like, you know, growing up as a Jets fan, I don't have any memory of Super Bowl three, unfortunately. You know, uh, one day you and I, maybe we'll do that for us uh, one time, a favorite um, just Radio Row memories, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I think I did 14 different Radio Rows. Hopefully you do a few more in the future. But 
Uh, probably Joe Namath, number one on the list, you know, but some absolutely phenomenal ones that we've had a chance to yeah. do over the years. So, all right, uh, if you want to hop in with a, a thought or two, 641-1010, Jaguar football always on the agenda around these parts as well. We got our man, the Bear Facts, Barry Milligan, on the line right here, mm-hmm. checking in somewhere from a probably a tennis court near you. What's Maybe. up, Bear Facts? How are you? <laughs> Hey, not today, buddy. The wind is howling. This is true. <laughs> that, that That is a true story. Yeah. Yes, I, I will grant you that. Not, not not happening. Not happening. Hey, but my favorite Super Bowl memories uh, involve you, and both of which uh, happened during Jacksonville's hosting at the one and only Super Bowl because there was a former colleague and a guy who was very gracious named Mike Dempsey who gave me a ticket to the NFL players party that's still one of the top 10 parties I've ever been to in my entire life. Unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, seriously, it was unbelievable. Oh, my God. It was at the Musalem Rug Galleries out on Phillips Highway. They had food stations set up, and you walked in the place. They had a monstrous table with a pyramid of disposable cameras, and it was the protocol all of the athletes knew everything was open season. They took pictures. They chatted with you. And maybe my greatest memory, besides seeing Peyton Manning and Jerome Bettis, and it was the day Emmett Smith had announced his retirement. Yes, it was. But I happened to have done a couple of years of black college football games, and Lim Barney, the Hall of Famer from Detroit, was um, my analyst. And I approached Barry Sanders, who was not very approachable, and that was the lead, Mike. I said, hey, I just wanted you to know that one of my dear friends is Lim Barney, and he always spoke so highly of you. And for the next, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes, I was Barry Sanders' BFF because he didn't want to talk to anybody at that party. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome, bro. Uh, you know, and that was a – I was thinking about that on the way in, Barry. Like, how far did I want to extend this out? You know, like – there have been some great events of Super Bowl week. I will say that, and it really was this right before everybody had a, a camera on their phone, obviously, right? I mean, we're going back 19 right. years now, and you're right. They had this right. pyramid of disposable cameras, and despite that, like the first guy I run into is Eli Manning. I'll never forget this. Like Eli and Peyton, these were, they're just walking around by themselves it's right as the party starts because we were early birds because yeah. we're not going to miss anything, and – Eli was, I just remember Eli was a bit of a sourpuss about it, even though most people were great. Bro, I got pictures of me with Emmett, again, on the day he announced his retirement, Emmett, Barry Sanders, Jerome Bettis, and Thurman Thomas all in the shot to get, like, what is happening here? You know, it was that kind of thing, like Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer everywhere you look. It was the craziest thing, Barry. Yep. And that happened um, 19 years ago today. Was that today? Game day, which, which happened to be my birthday, Mike. How about that? Happy birthday, February, bro. <laughs> February 6th of 05 was the second best day of that week because I was on a 40-foot boat at Harbor Masters watching the game on, a, on TV. <laughs> well, happy birthday to you, my yeah. man. And you're right. It is the 19th anniversary of the Super Bowl being here in Jacksonville, FLA. So Barry's not like Dylan tried to sneak his birthday by us entirely and then tell us about it a few days later. Fairfax is like, hell with that, man. I'm letting him know it's today, okay? So uh, if you see Barry Milligan, wish him a happy. Yes, sir. 
You get to be, you get to be my age, buddy. You're going to celebrate every birthday. Right, bro, you celebrate every day. All right, every day is a birthday. No question. All right, no Fairfax. We'll, we'll have fun, man. Uh, don't get blown away by the wind. And uh, great walk down memory lane. Look forward to seeing you soon, all right? And thank you again for that ticket because it was <laughs> an unbelievable night. And I and one I'll, I'll never I still have the pictures. I, I have them framed, and I have pictures in my apartment of of that night. It's awesome. fabulous. That is awesome. All right, Bear Facts. There he goes out the door. The birthday boy. <laughs> I didn't know that today was his birthday. Uh, I don't know anybody's birthday. I really don't. Uh, my wife was born two days after me. Literally two days after me. Same mm-hmm. year. So that's an easy one for me to remember. But it was the craziest thing. And I, I'm thinking back. I know um, Mark Watson went with us from Hardball Creative. Mm-hmm. Barry and I were working at the other station, as we like to refer to it, at the time. And so uh, the game was a Fox game. We were a Fox affiliate. So we got a lot. They're like, hey, we want to make sure we take care of you guys. Yeah. Here's some perks and things like that. And it was so nice. And I, you're right. We were on Radio Row that afternoon, Tony, uh, down at the Prime Osborne. And – Emmett has the big retirement announcement. I we were talking about it that day. I remember that week. I remember like Adam Schefter just walking around by himself. Like he was, he was kind of known, but he was still with the Denver Post mm-hmm. at the time. And I remember, and he's still to this day, same exact mannerisms because I said, hey, you know, we, we were, even though we were kind of like the host uh, station, yeah. sort of, we're like way tucked in the back of the Prime Osborne, right? But it, it worked out because a lot of people tried to sneak in the back door and we didn't have a lot of competition and we ended up getting, you know, fantastic guests and, and uh, folks at Fox did a great job for us. But Schefter, I said, hey, you know, on a break, would you mind coming on? You know, he's good NFL reporter at the time mm-hmm. and, and he sat there the whole time, never once made eye contact, looked at his phone the entire time. And now <laughs> it must have been like a Blackberry back then, right? right or whatever yeah. he's doing, but he was doing something on whatever device he had, a handheld device. So uh, much like he is to this very day, you know, most of those guys. <laughs> His eyes only come off the device for the TV shot. Yeah, it's like Woj with the NBA yeah. and, and Rappaport and Schefter and all those guys. But, yeah, that was a crazy – I mean, you and I just, like, I don't know. It's not really – I don't want to tell all these stories about the week of because it's, like, it's not necessarily as relatable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we all watched – uh, different things and experience them, and they mean something to us along the way. Sure, but uh, n- you know that that was just a. Cr- I mean, first of all, disposable cameras, right? And then you, when you walked in, and they're like, "Yeah, like all the players understand that all the people that are here." And I don't know who else was there because it was an NFL PA party, so I don't know who the general public was that got to go to it. But that they're going to come up to you all night long uh, and uh, take pictures. I remember uh, a friend of ours. My boy Mike Winkles mm-hmm. came with me, right? Uh, shout out if Mikey's listening right now. He just got a shout out on the radio. Uh, but uh, it was um, John Mackey was his hero, and he was at that party. Yeah. Who, of course, you know, the, the Mackey Award, the yep. tight end award is named for um, Hall of Famer and all that. It was like that level mm. of guy. Like, you'd see somebody, and you're like, oh, my gosh, is that? Yep, it probably <laughs> was that night. And it all happened right here in Jacksonville, FLA. Wow, that is pretty cool that uh, the Super Bowl Thirty Nine took place exactly 19 years ago today. Don't envision – and you know what? I'll say – I won't say never. Get a brand-new stadium. Mm-hmm. I know it's – I don't think it's a priority for Shad Khan. No. You know what I mean? But, I wouldn't think so, no. But if you get the stadium done, and it is spectacular, and Jacksonville builds out the way we hope it does eventually around that, and then uh, maybe it's possible. You know, I, I still hear him complain. I heard somebody 
um, on national TV complaining about where they stayed during that Super Bowl yesterday. Yeah. I mean, again, like, get over it, people. You know, you, what do you want? Six-star hotel room everywhere you yes. go? I guess, man. You know, we have we have done the Super Bowl very well on a shoestring budget, I think, over the years. So, uh, yeah. Suck it up, Peter King, and the rest of you who didn't like the fact that uh, it took an extra 30 minutes to get around I always had a place town. to sleep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right? All right. We'll come back, uh, continue the countdown. Uh, we got to get to uh, numbers four and three coming up before the hour is out. And uh, if you want to get in, talk uh, Super Bowl memory lane a little bit or anything Jacksonville Jaguar related. By the way, we'll look in on yesterday's poll question, which finished with over 800 votes mm-hmm. on whether you not uh, or not you think the Jags will get one of those Super Bowl titles during the Trevor Lawrence era here in Jacksonville. We'll take a look at the uh, final tally on that. After this, coming up, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, uh, got a lot of mentions of various halftime shows. Um, Janet Jackson <laughs> is in the wardrobe malfunction for some. Matt Teague ranked that one through five for him. <laughs> Matt, they got this thing. Nah, it's, it's going to. I shouldn't say it, right? I shouldn't say it. I'll censor myself that time, okay? It starts with P and it ends with hub, all right? It's mm. much more available out there mm. than just the wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> I'll just say that, all right? Halftime shows changed for a while after that malfunction. They definitely did. We almost went back to up with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Captain Full Po Fishing on the YouTube chat said the J-Lo and Shakira halftime show was a favorite. <laughs> I think uh, – and the halftime shows are back. And they're back. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> they're back. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll question, before we get to, to the continuation of the countdown here, our top five favorite Super Bowl memories, we asked you, assuming Trevor Lawrence eventually signs a long-term deal to remain in Jacksonville. So that, to me, meant minimum of a 10-year career here in Jacksonville. What's the peak the Jags will reach in T-Law's time with the team? Either A, Super Bowl champs, B, AFC champs, in other words, make it to the Super Bowl but don't win it. Play in the AFC title game, something they've done three times prior to Trevor Lawrence's arrival, or they've already peaked by making it to the divisional round. There are only three ways they can go up from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, you voted uh, Super Bowl. What did you vote? I yesterday? voted Super Bowl win. Yeah, we, we both. It's kind of like I feel like if you don't vote that, you're almost like you're throwing in the yeah. towel on the Trevor Lawrence era yeah. right here. Like, I still think he's got it in him to do that at some point in his career. And I don't know that it'll be under Doug Peterson Yeah, either. You know, I mean, I'd like to think that this current combination is going to stick together uh, long enough and have that kind of success. But I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have more staying power than Doug Peterson will. Agreed. Uh, eventually. But then again, if Trevor Lawrence takes off the way we expect him to or need him to, Going to drag Doug Peterson along with him. I'm not going to say there's going to be nothing of Doug Peterson's doing. You know what I'm saying. If, yeah. if Trevor plays like the number one overall pick, and not just the number one overall pick. Baker Mayfield is the number one overall pick, right? Uh, there, there are plenty of guys that were number one overall pick. Demarcus Russell sure. was the uh, – uh, the, what? Demar- Jamarcus? Jamarcus. Do I say Demarcus? <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. It's one of those, like, I know I'm not right, and it's, it's – my brain just couldn't get there. Um yeah. But you know what I'm saying. If he yeah. plays like an elite quarterback, like a top half dozen quarterback for an extended period of time, it's going to – that rising tide should lift every boat yes. around these parts. It's the way that generally works. The uh, people who drafted Baker Mayfield 
and Jamarcus Russell aren't hired there for long, right? Like, they're going to be gone pretty quickly after making that kind of decision a number one overall. No doubt. You don't get to stick around. If you draft a guy who's got you in contention for the Super Bowl every year, odds are you're going to be able to stick around uh, for a little while. And that, not that Doug Peterson was part of the group that drafted uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? He came here in year two. Because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's not like... Uh, Herb's got to hang on for, to that train as long as he wanted to uh, here in Jacksonville for however long Trevor was going to be a championship contender. But I do think it's a bit different with Peterson. All right, we had 843 votes on this one. Uh, 62.6% said the Jags will eventually be Super Bowl champs in Trevor Lawrence's tenure here in Jacksonville. So 62.6% still keeping the faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, AFC champs, this is the worst one, I feel like, on the list. I real I mean, other than they've already peaked, right? And they just never get advanced any further, I guess. But get to the Super Bowl and don't win it, man. It's I mean, you've already had the bitter disappointment of getting to the AFC championship game and not getting the Super Bowl. To get there to the game, knowing how hard that is, and that they've never been able to accomplish that. If you get there, who knows the next time you're gonna get back if you don't win it and take advantage of that opportunity, man. Sure. I think that is just crushing 14.2 percent think that will happen though uh 12 and a half said playing in the AFC title game so one game further than they went last year and uh, they've already peaked is the choice mm-hmm. of 10.7 percent yeah I think voters. the you know getting to the Super Bowl and losing it that conversation right there it explains the expectation of the Super Bowl hangover Right. Yes. Like the hangover, we don't talk totally. about that for the team that wins it. We talk about it for the team that loses it. And it doesn't always show up, but it shows up more often than it doesn't. Philadelphia, right? They go to the Super Bowl last year, could have won the game. They collapsed down the stretch. Right. They, they maybe should have won the game. Right. And bye. Yeah. You know, it's quick it, out. It's Cincinnati didn't start the season strong the year after they went to the Super Bowl, but they finished it strong. And they felt like a championship contender again by the time we got to the end of it. But more often than not, it's a team that, for whatever reason, it crumbles for them. At some point, losing a Super Bowl is not inconsequential. All right. Let's get to uh, a continuation of the countdown. Pockets will join us for uh, number three, I'm told. But um, Hmm. what's next, Pockets? Number four. See? (laughs) Knew we are headed there. Tony Smith, you're number four. All-time favorite Super Bowl memory. Yeah, I think the whole game can be put up there as one of the best that's ever been played. It's Super Bowl 43 between Pittsburgh and Arizona is one of the best games that's been played in Super Bowl history. It's hard to even pick which moment from the game you should choose with the two obviously standout, Santonio San with the touchdown there at the end of the game. But the one I chose is James Harrison in that pick six going into halftime. 15 seconds. Blitz. Here they come. He gets it away and it's picked off at the goal line. There's a flag thrown on the run back. James Harrison to run it back. And Harrison is past midfield. Harrison going down the sideline. Harrison still on his feet. Harrison is going to go all the way and waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is signal. A flag is down on the run back back at the nine yard line. Keep that highlight handy. Yeah. Might might come into play a little bit later on. I this is one of the Super Bowls I attended. I do think mm. it's the greatest Super Bowl I've ever seen. Mm. I, it was truly unbelievable. The Cardinals couldn't do anything. They're down ten to nothing. All of a sudden, they're about to take control of this football game. 
right? Or at least it felt that way. Fitzgerald was a monster in that game. They had scored to cut it to 10 to 7. They had the ball first and goal at the one yard line. And as you heard, James Harrison scores with no time left at any point. Anybody shoves him one foot, he's running right down the sideline the entire way. Like, it is hard to believe. He had to have stepped out, right? He had to, somebody's going to get him, right? <laughs> Something somebody's, had to have happened. Something's going to happen here. Yeah. 100 yards, no time on the clock, went the whole way. And instead of Arizona maybe going in and going up 14 to 10, they fall behind uh, 17 to 7. And, you know, th- this thing came down to the end. They took the lead late, and the Steelers win it on the San Antonio Holmes touchdown with yeah. under a minute to go. It, it was a phenomenal Super Bowl. Great play. Great game. I'm with you. Halftime show was pretty good. I'll give it to Springsteen. He was pretty damn good that night. All right. That was Tony's number four. My number four. Probably this one has moved up my list, you know, wherever it would have fallen at the time it happened. Mm-hmm. It might not have been there. But now, I think this one, uh, for a lot of Jag fans, this one takes a high place. Probably the final play of the game in regulation. It is caught by Dyson. Can he get in? No, he cannot. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. So there you go. Oh. That means the Titans yeah. didn't win the damn Super Bowl. That is my number three, by the way, is the Mike Jones tackle on Kevin Dyson. I got no problem playing that highlight again, yeah. as a matter of fact. So why don't we move on along the countdown and get to number three? Number three. Tony, what's your number three favorite uh, my play? My number of three, all time? why don't we just hit rinse repeat? Probably the final play of the game. In regulation. It is caught by oh. Dyson. Can he get in? No, he cannot. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. All right. Yeah. If that were being called by Al Michaels today, okay? <laughs> ball was caught yeah. by Dyson. Can he get in? No. Game's and, over. And I think that clip shows you how corporate an event the Super Bowl is, right? Because I think – Everybody would have gone nuts in the building if Tennessee had scored on that play. Like, what did we just – that's unbelievable. That We just saw what happened in that play, but you can hear it from the crowd because the crowd doesn't care one way or the other about who wins. They just want the moment. Like, you can hear the crowd go, oh. Right. right? It wasn't like, so much that they're rooting for – that. right. It's like you have a chance to see a Super Bowl one on a – not a yeah. last-second field goal even, but a, an offensive – touchdown on the final play. Whatever noise you're still hearing is whatever small group of Rams fans are at the game. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, And uh, well worth repeating there. Uh, Pockets, what do you got for number three for yourself in there? Oh, I got... uh, Hang on, let me play some music real quick. You you threw me off guard. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm so sorry. Let's let's talk about Kevin Dyson. This is uh, number three for your boy. He had one kick return for 58 yards in his one regular season game against his former team, the Vikings, and they just pop it up. Good kick by Prater on a hop. It's Harvin, but now he takes off, and Percy Harvin gets free. Percy Harvin inside the 30. He's going to go. Touchdown, Seattle. So Percy growing up when he was in college was my favorite athlete. He probably never – nothing will ever top him being my favorite athlete. 
But to this, so you had that happen, but also I was a sophomore in high school, and okay. I remember everybody that was like that played football was like, man, Denver's going to win this game. I'm like, dude, I think Seattle's going to win. And then me and one of my friends, I mean, you know, we're grown. You know, we're 14 years old. So I was <laughs> like. Full grown. Yeah, we're fully grown. So I was like, all right, all right let's put some money on it. And so we bet 20 bucks, and I won that bet. So that oh. was like the first bet that I had really on a sporting event, and I won 20 bucks. Bro, when you're, you're 14, 20 <laughs> bucks is big. Oh, that's like a million dollars. You go to P-Hub and, and, and sign up for like an extra week or yeah, something. You go to the corner store, you get like all the snacks you want. All like those ballonators, baby. They're all coming your way. By the way, that was the first time E.T. and I know we were in the same building at the same time for sure but because we were both there at that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did not know each other at the time. Percy Harvin ran. That was the kickoff in the second half? Yes. Right. He ran that right in my lap. I mean, that's right where they had us sitting in that end zone under a bank of space heaters Mm -hmm. that they had suspended over our heads because they were so afraid that it was going to be too cold and snowy and that the media would complain and write bad stories (laughs) that instead they put us in an oven in there uh, in the end zone it was crazy you never saw so many media people wearing five layers <laughs> stripping down to their t-shirts uh for the entirety of the game that night but it was a fun one all right my let's see what i put it down for nine number three uh highlight uh once you run it there pockets pressure from thomas off the edge eli manning stays on his feet airs it out down the field it is caught by tyree Inside the 25 and a timeout taken. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. And Eli, man, I don't know how he got out of there. I thought he was on the ground and and then he came out of the pile and just slings it. It's arguably the greatest play in NFL history. I mean, arguably, right? You've got an undefeated team with all that pressure going in that has generally dominated every opponent, generally. And the Giants were an exception late in the regular season. But, you know, they got Eli on the ropes. You go back and watch that replay. Like, how does he even get away? He buys enough time. He just flings it down the field. And you're like, did he catch it? And then you don't really realize it until you see the replay of what David Tyree did to pin that ball to his helmet while Rodney Harrison is tackling him. The ball never, Tony. That that thing is a catch under any catch standard in the history of the league, right? The yes, ball never, is. never yep. wobbled. It was crazy, and uh, honestly, again, it was like a magic trick. It was. It, it, I'm so fortunate in my life to have. You know, I, I'm nothing special, man. I've just been right place, right time. I've gotten to go to some great events. That was one of them. I was in attendance at that game. I was there with Arlie Johnson. My former producer here on 1010, and it's one of my favorite Super Bowl stories. Arlie had, we had two credentials for the game, but one of them was Overflow Media, which usually is in the stands, but his yeah. section was in a tent. Okay, like you got it. Imagine you go down to Everbank, right? You get inside the, the metal gate, mm-hmm. and there's a tent inside the gate, but it's not in the stadium. That's where you were supposed to sit <laughs> and watch the game on a TV. And because that's where they were bringing, they set up the post-game media. Like Tom Coughlin came in there and, you know, and, and everybody with the Giants. The only time I worked any post-game media uh, for a Super Bowl mm-hmm. was that game. Because, I, you know, I remember that week was incredible. Tom Coughlin saw us on Radio Row. And, you know, he's walking in to do NFL Network. And he's got security with him. And he sees me. 
and he deviates from the flight path, and, mm-hmm. and these guys are like, what are, you know, they're about to accost me because I stuck my hand out, and Tom came over and shook my hand, and mm-hmm. I'm like, ha, <laughs> get out of here. And then I tried to get him on the way out to stop by for two minutes. He's like, man, basically, like, you're breaking my chops here, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dempsey. Like, I'm get, you know, you got a handshake. That's enough, right? <laughs> get out of here. But it was such an incredible thing. So Arlie's supposed to be in the overflow. Yeah. And we're like, this, look, I guarantee you, Arlie, if you get into the seats, half the media who have a credential for the game day don't use it. Maybe 40%. What? There's oh, a yeah. large, you've oh, been, yeah. don't you know, yeah. there are empty seats everywhere. I'd always come back, I'd be like, uh, commemorative brochure, mine, mine, my commemorative program, whatever. Because they put these big media gift yeah. bags out there. Yeah. I get all kinds of swag for people doing that. So we did the old trick. Arlie, flip the credential around so it's backwards and get on your cell phone and act like you're talking to somebody important and just walk in right behind me. And I'll have my credential flipped the right way. And, you know, I'll be, we'll just kind of ignore anybody asking us <laughs> questions. And, ah, it worked. <laughs> we got in. And, got in. Uh, it was crazy, man. I, I'll never forget that one. Uh, I imagine we might need that highlight again coming up you uh, might. as yep. well, Pockets. All right, ha- halfway home here on Jaguars today, uh, your Tuesday top five, which we'll do for a lot of the offseason now uh, until we get logs back in for Check the Tape Tuesday again. And they won't all be like hardcore football. There'll be a little bit of pop culture fun in there as well, but uh, we'll do one for you. That'll be your Tuesday question of the day, a different top five every week, Jaguar, NFL, or not related. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, coming up next hour, we've got the two and the one. If you want to get in with your thoughts on the Jags or Super Bowl 58 or uh, Super Bowl memory lane, a lot of people sending us uh, their entirety of their lists on social media, which we appreciate. We'll go through some of those coming up here. Antonio will take you around the rest of the National Football League. That's straight ahead. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hey. Red Solo Cup. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. I take it this is Toby Keith. See, is that what it is? All right. I guess RIP Toby Keith. What was he, 62? Is that right? I think I saw that. All right, there you go. Hey, we all get to go sometime. And uh, condolences to Toby Keith's fans and family, obviously. Uh, Cobalt Blue, uh, among those who sent in their top five, Tony, as I pivot to our subject matter of the day. Uh, Baltimore goal line stand versus the Niners. Remember, that's when they, where they throw to Crabtree like 17 times in the corner of the end zone, <laughs> Bunch, right? Yeah. Something like that. That's the the lights went out it was. game. Uh, we had – do we need to recap the oh, week? Oh, fine. I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm well past I know. It. We've only told the story a billion yeah. times. Pockets, you heard about Tony throwing up all over Drago's in New Orleans, No, right? I've not heard this. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, the, that was a – yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tony – it, it wasn't feel good. The same. I got the story. We had a. It was a pub crawl. It was me, Tony, and Marlon yeah. Jones. Marlon Bones Jones. Yeah. You and know how a typical pub crawl is? They have like a, a special on like a beer. Like you can get yeah. a beer for a dollar. Yeah. That kind of. That was not the New Orleans pub crawl. The New Orleans pub crawl was. We have our signature cocktail. Yes. In each of these places, and look, I don't drink all that much anyway. Like, I'm just not someone that drinks all that much anyway. So I'm going bar to bar doing this thing, and my favorite drink was the last one. That we had on the trip, which had a cayenne pepper, and I think it was a gin-based drink. I thought it was a red pepper, like a bell pepper. But it was my favorite drink. It had the pepper on the rim, too. Yes. Like, there was a lot about it that I liked. And then we got to Drago's, and I was fine. When we walked in, I was fine. The smell of the oysters hit my nose, and boom. 
Yeah, because Drago's had was the last place. It. Drago's right there at the end of Bourbon Street, yeah. right, and that was where we we're gonna get our last drink, whatever it was, right? That, like yeah. you, you pay. It was five bucks every place you went, and and you know, which is probably a lot cheaper than you would have paid otherwise. Yep. And to, I remember that because I'm like, this is the worst drink of the lot. No, the best one, that, that lemon thing was the best, the yeah. very first one we had. But whatever. So we're, mm-hmm. we're going around. We're getting all these drinks. And yeah, we got up there, man, and we ordered there. And some said, you got to have the black and oysters at Drago's. You guys are coming to New Orleans. You got to have them. All right, sure. Yeah. I'll try the black and oysters at Drago's. They put those things on the, the oh, bar. Yeah. We were bellied up to the bar. I mean, two seconds, Tony got a whiff. Good night. Yeah, and it's not like that's ever happened to me before or since. No, like I, well, I have no problem with oysters. You know who it's happened to? That bartender because yeah. he was like, yeah, like, yeah, no big deal. It's New Orleans. It's New Orleans. <laughs> it was <laughs> funny towel. because I was the one that had thrown up when we were leaving Drago's. I can remember that. We were leaving Drago's, and you and Marlon had no idea where we were supposed to go. Y'all were like, do we go this yeah. way yeah. or that way? Well, I was you got like, all the alcohol right. out of you. I was like, there. Like, I, I could have pointed to where we were staying from Drago's. It's like, it's directly that direction. Tony thought we were doing a bit to extend his misery at that point yeah. in time. But I it, can say, like, the next morning <sighs> was, you know, the... They were doing the day with the, you know, everyone come in. We're seeing all the players, right? Opening night. It used to be during the day. That's like right. That Tuesday yeah. morning. So that was the Tuesday morning after that. I was still wobbly, like going into that, like opening night. Like I can remember walking around going, oh my gosh. That was deer stupid. antler spray week. Yeah. Remember the guy who, who was the story came out that Ray Lewis was using deer antler spray. And is he a cheater? Is he a. P.E.D. Like, like what? We, nobody knew what this was. And the guy, I guess, who manufactured it or whatever mm-hmm. was smart to capitalize on it. And he shows up to Radio Row, but they wouldn't let him in. No, yeah. Because he didn't have a, a credential or a day pass or anything like that. But That was also when they only had the five podiums. Like, they didn't do ten. Oh, they the, now they had, do, like, yeah, almost maybe right. twelve. Like, they expanded more. it. I think it was after that year they expanded the number of players that were at a podium. Well, whoever the guy was, Joe Smith, right, the deer antler spray manufacturer, uh, word started to filter out, hey, the deer antler spray guy's outside. Like, all of a sudden he's got like 50 people around him shoving Mm -hmm. microphones in his face. That was probably the greatest publicity he ever got. So, anyway, (laughs) let me get back. There's a reason I'm reading this particular top five. And we got got one deep before we had got sidetracked. So you had Baltimore's goal line stand versus the Niners. Okay. Leon Lett getting run down by Don <laughs> Beebe. That was fun. We had Leon Lett and Don Beebe on together at yeah. the Super Bowl yeah. one year. That was fun. You know that story, Pockets? Yes. Right, Dallas I've blowing out uh, the Buffalo Bills, and Leon Lett's just running one back. Early. And Beebe, yeah, Beebe ran him down. Uh, Thurman Thomas can't find his helmet on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. 72 Dolphins, uh, perfect despite the Gary Upremian play. And remember, that that's the way Washington <laughs> scored. They botched. Field goal attempt, I think it was, mm-hmm. and your uh, Premier threw a little floater that got picked, and I think it was picked, not a fumble, and run back the other way. Either way, it's turnover, mm-hmm. and it was fourteen seven final. That was Washington's only points, and then Doug Williams killing the narrative. Remember the narrative: oh, black quarterbacks can't succeed at the highest level. Yeah. Doug Williams went out there and threw like eight hundred touchdowns in one quarter in that game in the second quarter in one of the most dominant performances in uh, Super Bowl history. Uh, and so the follow-up from Cobalt Blue, oh, my goodness, how could I forget the Titans fail, right? Mm-hmm. See, like, there you go, right? Because you don't think it's not like a highlight as much as it is a near miss, yeah. right? And that's okay. We like a, a near miss when it comes to 
Tennessee's expense. All right, we'll get back to the countdown as the hour uh, rolls out, but let's go around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said on Monday that the international game to be played in Brazil will be played on the Friday night of the opening week of the regular season this year. Philadelphia has already been announced as the home team for that game, but their opponent has not been named yet. Jacksonville will play the Eagles on the road next year, so it is at least possible that they could play that game, but unlikely given the other dates internationally they already have. Uh, The field for the Super Bowl in Arizona last year was a major story coming out of the game this year. The field-related story appears to be the practice field conditions for the 49ers. Adam Schefter said yesterday that sources have told him that the practice facility at UNLV has been met with widespread disapproval from various members of the San Francisco organization. Raj says it's fine. (laughs) Running back Le'Veon Bell, who turns 32 in a week and a half and has not appeared in an NFL game since getting three carries for Tampa, in week 18 of the 2021 season and not appearing for the Bucks in their two playoff games following that week, has expressed on Snapchat his desire to attempt to come back to the league, okay. that he is only interested in playing for one team. He also said, you already know who that team is, so presumably the Steelers would be the team that he'd be willing to come back for. Good I luck. thought he meant the team that would pay me the most money. Yeah, which, which probably is the accurate answer, yeah, honestly. Which uh, is what got him to where he is. And running back Rex Burkhead <laughs> announced his retirement from the NFL after a 10-year NFL playing career. Yeah, the idea to, uh, to voluntarily sit out a year in the peak of your career, especially as a running back. Didn't work out all that well. Not a good one. I mean, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer to you. No. I think he would have been. Could have been. I mean, the numbers he would have put put up with a historic franchise does he have a ring was he on the tomlin super bowl team? no he was not there okay that was way too early he was that was they it won okay. that and when they beat the cardinals like yeah he, he wasn't even in college yet i don't think really yeah all right i'll, I'll take your word for it yeah, man my, he doesn't have a ring my memory uh gets a little quiet I, I saw that like come on what are we doing here are we out of money is i mean you're, you're only 32 you're burned yeah. through it already like yeah. i don't see much other reason that olivia bell look washed Several years ago. And he now, is a boxer and a rapper, if you didn't know. Well, I, we do know that, right? That's what I'm so wondering. So some money is coming in. I don't know how much. Well, yeah, you look at Le'Veon Bell, right? First five seasons of his career there in Pittsburgh. These are the total yards from scrimmage each year. 1259, 22-15, huh. 692 when he only played six games that year due to injury, 1884, 1946. Then the missed season because of the contract dispute. His Totals after that, 1250, 466, 131. Mm. Like just off a cliff. Off a cliff. Um, after he left there, uh, he had one okay year with the Jets, right? He in got bad advice, man. Well, yeah. he, he passed up on like 14 million, and everyone says, oh, you'll make it up in your next deal. And we've talked about this for years. You'd never make it up. Oh, he, yeah, he fell in the draft, but he'll make it up in his next deal. They don't go, you know what? We were going to pay you twenty million, but since you fell in the draft and this is your second contract, here's twenty three million. You yeah. don't make it up. Yeah. It, it's just, it's gone, and you could still make a ton of money. But you would have made that money anyway, you know. So it's better to have that high draft capital anyway. Just uh, what a what a, I mean, the the idea that you can walk away from that much guaranteed cash as a running back. I don't think you'd see it today at that position. That's going to no. make it fast. That's why I think Josh Allen will play this year. If they, if, if the worst case scenario is. They franchise tag Josh Allen and can't get a deal done throughout the course of the offseason. I do think 
when push comes to shove, he's not walking away from $22 million bucks or whatever the exact yeah. number is going to be. It would be insane of him to do that. Because you say, oh, there's no guarantee. There's no security. Well, there's no security then if you're not playing and you fall down a flight yeah. of stairs. You know, yeah. I don't disagree with million. him when he says, I'm not maximizing my my value in the market. I, like, I don't disagree with you, man. But that you're stakes. less, you're, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. That you're Long not term, recouping that twenty two yeah. million. Yeah. There's no vehicle for you to do that. There's a fun one on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Okay. Uh coming in from the nine oh four area code. Here's my Super Bowl story from Jacksonville, from Super Bowl thirty nine. I was mm-hmm. twenty one years old at the time, so welcome to your forties, youngster. Mm-hmm. Uh drove your typical fast and furious looking car, got pulled over heading to Jack's Beach because of underbody lights and dark tint. <laughs> I went in the glove box for my registration that they asked for. They saw a knife. Three out of uh, three out of five, I think, county police drew their guns on me mm-hmm. as if I was going to attack them from inside my car and seat belted in. Uh, within five minutes, I had fourteen <laughs> police vehicles surrounding my vehicle. Friends passing by the Beach Bowl parking lot were calling me thinking I committed a serious crime. Like, think about that process, right? There's there's Dylan over by the side of the road. He's got 14 vehicles with their uh, their berries flashing on them. Let me call Dylan right now and see, hey, hey, Pockets, what's up right now, man? Can you give me a little inside scoop? Anyway, had 14 police vehicles surrounding me. Uh, when we were all done, they threw the knife back in my glove box, instruct, instructed <laughs> me not to touch it. LOL. Like, we know it's there. We don't want you to use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I drove away with a window tint ticket. Apparently, they were on high alert, and I was uh, scared. <laughs> a laugh out loud. Yeah, well, I would be too. I would imagine, especially when I don't know what the rules are on on knives and what you can do and what you can't do in the side. You know, sure. I, I've never been a knife carrying guy, and that's fun. Not uh, not casting judgment on anyone who is. Right. Mm-hmm. We live in the I South had- Little Mason Dixon line here. Um, when I was still living at home, I was probably 15, 16 at the time uh-huh. this story happened. They, we had the alarm at home and me and my brother were the only ones at the house and we were fooling around doing whatever, you know, 15 and 12 year old, 13 year old might be doing right. Like we're, we're probably not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And one of us had accidentally hit the panic button on the alarm unit. Okay. Right. And I couldn't find the password. Right, to let him know, no, I live here. Like, I couldn't find the password to let him know, so police pulled up out front of the house. And I walked out of the front of the house when the police pulled up, and I saw the police reach towards his hips. I was like, ho, ho, ho. Tony's like, an early swatting victim. <laughs> like I was like, whoa, but it's, yeah, yeah, cop pulls towards that belt. That'll get you going. Yeah, like, uh, was, anybody pulls to oh it these gosh, days, uh, by the you, way, you know. Whew. Look. It all worked out fine, obviously. It was like, no, I live here. We accidentally hit the button. They were like, okay. Pocket to carry a knife? Pocket knife, perhaps? Negative. No? I have one in my car, but it's like for like plastic and stuff. It's for... Uh, I don't ever, you know... It's for medical use only. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I mean, you need to gut some roadkill. You never know. A, 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 <laughs> I do a random fresh side. kill of yours needs gutting. I know you do, man. So, I do feel like there's a missed opportunity. We haven't gotten, you know, a Hot Pockets endorsement or right. po- some kind of pocket knife mm-hmm. company or anything like that. But, you know... <laughs> I'll work on Might it. Might have missed the window. Might have missed the window on that one. All right, the countdown will continue when we come back. We're down to our final two favorite Super Bowl mm-hmm. memories. And I want to get through because uh, been some people nice enough to compile 
full top five lists and send them in. So I'll run and read through a bunch of these when we come back here in a moment as well. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, Cristiano, all the way from Brazil, going to visit with us before the show is done as well. Member of the Jaguars Today family, you're listening to Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, let's get to some of these submissions, Tone, because too often we ask for that feedback and we don't get to it at the end of the program. We run out of time. So let's not run out of time today because this was, you know, a top five is a bigger ask for you to submit. And by the way, if you've got ideas for future top fives, hit us up, right? Yep. Got us on social media. You can email us, whatever the case may be. Speaking of email, let me go ahead and get this plug in uh, for the Jag Bag Super Bowl contest, formerly the Swag Bag contest this is going to be a bag of jag swag so we're calling it the jag bag all right here's what it is it's just a bunch of uh commemorative jacksonville jaguar soda bottles from the 1990s commemorating a lot of the the high points of the inaugural years of the franchise uh i've got a leonard fournette pop funko in there still in the box obviously because what else do you do with a pop funko but leave it in the box right does anybody take their pop funkos out of a box you could put them on display somewhere you want to hear a good name-dropping story, a little brief name-dropping story? friend of ours was recently in the news in the last 48 hours. Yes. Uh, former uh, P-Hub star Lisa Ann. Adult entertainer. Adult yes. entertainer Lisa Ann, right, was arrested at the, what's the guy's name? Matt Reif. Matt Reif. I don't think he's that funny, honestly. It's I don't not think even he that... is either, but a bunch of women like him. Well, I know. That, well, they like him because they think he's cute, but it, then, I, like, I watch his special on Netflix, and apparently, you know. He's, they... he's really good at crowd work. That's what he's really known for. But then it's like Netflix special is all, like, his jokes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love it, you know, but whatever. So whatever. She was at the, the show, and... um. She got booted out for allegedly using a cell phone, whatever, got detained for like 45 minutes and all this stuff. So uh, where was I going to go with the Lisa Ann story? Where do you think I was going to head with I that one? I do not know. <sighs> what were we About name dropping in a story. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, that, right, but what was the, the point that I was going to make? <laughs> Damn it, why do I do this to myself? I, do I have to take notes in the middle of my own sentences yeah, I don't know. at this point? Anyway, there, there you go. I just name dropped that, but there's mm-hmm. something. Lisa Ann worked for Fantasy Sports Radio. Yes, where I've worked for like the last 14 years, and she worked there for a good number of years. And uh, so Tony and I hung out with her, uh, you know, with a group of people, whatever, on Super Bowl trips and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, it'll it'll pop into my head here a minute ago, but it, it was perfectly in line with whatever we were talking about. So. It was a great story, trust me, people. You know, it's better this way. <laughs> you can just imagine how good the story was. Uh-huh. What kind of story was Mike going to tell about know. him, Tony, and an adult film star? Well, I'm not the one you're hoping for yeah. or afraid of, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know what it was either. I just know it wasn't that. All right, here's a few of the top fives that we got here. Uh, and in no particular order on some of them because they're not always listed in order. Uh, Riggins, 43-yard run. I'll take your word for it that it was 43. It was fourth mm-hmm. and one. Versus the Dolphins. And uh, Washington went to the house um, with that one. Riggins basically won him the game. Uh, Mike Bass, 49-yard fumble return. Timmy Smith, Super Bowl record, 204 rushing yards. He did not – did he win MVP of that game? Is that like Mark Rippon won MVP of that Super Bowl? Uh, Philly special. That's eh, a good one. Uh, like to have our own. And then number five, still waiting for a Jag Super Bowl memory. All right, Duval special. I don't care. I don't even, I'll, I'll steal it. If the name, if it works, I'm all for it. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Watching McNabb blow chunks. 
I want. Do, do you think he did throw up on the field? Like I've heard so many stories over the years. Brian Westbrook said he was coughing. I don't know. You know. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that that was a big part of the rift between uh, T.O. and McNabb yep. as it played out. McNabb, what, what was the rumor that he was basically out partying the night before or something like that? Something like that. I find it hard to believe. While T.O. is playing on a broken leg, yeah. Right. He had like a torn up ankle, whatever it was. T.O. was amazing yeah. in that Super Bowl here in Jacksonville. That's the only one from uh, Fifty Shades of Steez. Uh, he just put that one there. Uh, let's see, from Samuel Falcons. Uh, Losing the 28-3 lead. You had that one yep. in there. Kurt Warner's uh, win, Titans loss. We've had that. Brett Favre's Super Bowl win from the mid-90s. Uh, Chiefs-Eagles last year and Eagles-Pats. That would be, of course, the Philly special Super Bowl from 2015. Was it 2015 already? And 20. That was Minnesota, right? Wasn't Philly's it? Pat, yeah. That couldn't have been 2015. That was 2017. Am I thinking of a di- – was it 2017? Maybe yeah, he's that, got that the year wrong. that was when the Jags played in the AFC Championship. Game. Right, he's got the year wrong. On yeah. that. That's right, it is that year. Um, let's see. Very first Super Bowl memory from uh, Duval T87. I was on the field with Paul McCartney at halftime here in Jacksonville. Cool. That's his very first Super Bowl memory. Yeah. That is pretty cool, right? Uh, David Tyree catch, Falcons blowing the lead, Tennessee's losing the last play, and the Patriots beating the Rams – uh, that was the greatest show on turf, Rams. They mm-hmm. got beaten in New Orleans. Uh, speaking of which, our good buddy Dominic, uh, my Bucks win their first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 37. My Bucks win their second, Super Bowl 55. Childhood hero Doug Williams has the game of his life in Super Bowl 22. Riggins run to glory, and then the one I went to, which was Super Bowl 36, which we just mentioned. All right, Pockets, why don't we pick up with our own number two in the countdown? Number two. Tony Smith's second favorite Super Bowl memory is Uh, what? Yeah, it was the reason that I became a Giants fan as a kid was this game happened to be recorded on VHS at the house. I watched it over and over and over and over again, and every time you watched it, Norwood was still wide right in Super Bowl 25. 47 yards. Eight seconds left. No good. Wide right. There are photographers and people all over the field, but the clock still has four seconds on it. <laughs> and I think if, because Jim Nance kind of threw a barb a couple weeks ago when Bass missed the field goal late, he was like, wide right, words people in Buffalo never want to hear. I was like, I'd probably write the network and say, this guy can't call our games anymore. Like, I would still be that mad about that being the moment where you lost four Super Bowls in a row. I think that one's the one that has to still sting the See, most. remember that, Jacksonville. You think you're the only fan base or city that they pick on, right? Yeah. Although it probably doesn't matter to you, right? Because, uh, yeah. you know, Buffalo's another small market. Yeah, but and Hostetler had that play in that game. It wound up going for a safety. It should have been a fumble recovered for a touchdown. That's what should have happened on that play. I will take Buffalo, your word for it. I don't remember that one specifically. I, the ball hit the ground. He picked it up and took the sack. This is how I forget what age you are. I thought you're going to go for like Phil Simms' near perfect day in the mid 80s. Six, yeah. Yeah, but uh, nope. nevertheless. All right, pockets number two on your countdown. Mine was a uh, part of the comeback with the Patriots and the Falcons. It was a Julian Edelman catch. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football, and they're saying it's a catch. And we'll get another look at this. Alford knocked it up into the air, and let's see who comes down with it. Oh, that's a catch. 
Oh, my God. That's incredible. So one thing that I don't think it's talked about enough from this game was, remember, it was 28-3. We were all remember. They get the touchdowns, 28-9. They missed the extra point. So from then on, now they got to get two-point conversion after two-point conversion. And I remember the people I'm watching the game with, I'm like, this game's not over yet. Like, one little turnover here, and the game could flip. And I remember, I think it was Hightower. That was the one that stripped it from, uh, they got the strip sack on uh, Matt Ryan. And then you throw that catch in there. And, I mean, I just can't, cannot remember that game, like how crazy it was the It was whole crazy. Time. I mean, to this day, it's why people look a little bit askance at Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. You're 28 to three, man. You're you're brilliant. We get it. Run the damn ball. I you mean, know, what's almost so, mathematically impossible that they committed to the run in the fourth what's quarter. What's so funny that is that Dan Quinn never gets mentioned. It's always like that game. That's good. Matt point. Ryan, Kyle Shanahan, defense can stop him. Never anything about Dan Quinn. That's a good point. And Dan Quinn also his most recent exit in Dallas comes after giving up 48 points to the Green Bay Packers yeah. as well. But uh, and by the way, Dan Quinn. Uh, Weird, right, with the situation. They they hired Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator, and it's almost like, man, we still got the enemy on the staff, right? And they announced like they're working through what they're going to do with Eric Bieniemy, and then Quinn was asked about it. Yeah, I respect Eric Bieniemy, but he ain't gonna be working here, I, or so. Like that's why I read it. I didn't hear it, so it probably didn't come across as aggressively. It just sounded like. Damn, man, what the hell has Eric Bieniemy done to you? Yeah. And by the way, Shanahan had a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs a few years ago. Like They the had a 10-point fourth-quarter right, lead. Halfway through the fourth quarter, they were still up by 10. The Chiefs scored three touchdowns in the last six minutes of that game. All right, let me get my number two here. We've already heard the highlights, so let's run it back one more time, though, Pac, because we don't need to belabor it, though. Ten seconds. Pick down here from the gun. Steelers show blitz. Here they come. He gets it away and it's picked off at the goal line. There's a flag thrown on the run back. James Harrison to run it back. And Harrison is past midfield. Harrison going down the sideline. Harrison still on his feet. Harrison is going to go all the way and waiting for the official to get there. Touchdown is signal. A flag is down on the run back back at the nine-yard line. There you go. I, I think it's like the Tyree catch has more historical significance because of the undefeated Patriots in that game. To me, this is the greatest play that I can remember in Super Bowl history. I, and there have been some great ones. I know that's saying a lot. That's it's, it's personal opinion. But with the timing of it, with the zeros on the clock at the end of the half, with Harrison having to tightrope the sideline for a hundred freaking yards yeah. and with Arizona, I mean, the tide of the entire game turned. And that one moment, it was, and again, just a classic finish to that game. But if Arizona, you know, you can make, write the script that if Arizona goes in and punches that in, that they blow out Pittsburgh in the second half. But obviously, did not go down that way. And that's why they play all four quarters, kids. All right, we'll come back uh, with our number one favorite Super Bowl memory of all time and look through a few more of your top five lists. I'll try to search my memory banks for whatever the heck story I was about to tell. But. <laughs> I'm guessing that may be drifting off in the wind at this point in time. All right, uh, that'll do it uh, for this. We'll come back with one final segment. We'll say hi to our buddy Cristiano as well, visiting us all the way from Brazil today. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. 
All right, I had to rewind the tape, Tony. <laughs> and it clicked for me. It was Pop Funko, right? We've got the Leonard Fournette Pop Funko. You know those things in the in the box, right? And and I was saying, has anyone not keep them in the box, right? Everyone displays their little Pop Funkos in a box. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're probably older than I am, okay? Uh, anyway, so the little anecdote I wanted to tell you, uh, Lisa Ann, who's been a fantasy analyst, obviously adult film star, all this stuff. Anyway, she's on a fantasy podcast with uh, my co-host Bob Harris and another guy named Matt Donnelly, right, who lives up in Canada. And we had Matt on our show last night, and he's got a wall of them, right, like a lot of people do. Sure. And so I, I don't know some, how it got brought up, like what are your some of your pet peeves or whatever, and she just goes, well, you know, like those geeky guys that have those, what do you call them, pop Funkos? And, like, she's not looking, and, like, <laughs> literally the guy, one of the two guys she – She's being interviewed by, and he gets a look at his face like, you know, the Scooby-Doo, and he's got all the Pop Funkos behind him. I oh, thought it yeah. was it was probably would have been better in context. Sure. You know, it's it's lost a little luster in the last 15 <laughs> minutes. But anyway, the, the Fournette Pop Funko, the Jags commemorative bottles, email Mike D at 1010XL.com with your prediction. Two things, which team wins the Super Bowl? If you get that right, you move on to prediction two. That is something that happens during the game. It has to be verifiable. In other words, you can't say the guy in seat 117 or whatever did uh, went for popcorn. Uh, okay, I can't verify that. So something that we can verify that happened during the game. Uh, we'll take all the ones that get both of their predictions correct, and then we'll vote as to which of the second group of predictions was the least likely to come in. And we'll add a few items to that, uh, some uh, 1010XL swag and stuff like that uh, along the way. So email Mike D at 1010XL.com. Only send one email, please. Do have your contact info, uh, full name, phone number, in case you are our winner. And you do have to be able to pick up your prize here. Like Cristiano came all the way from Brazil. If he can come from Brazil, <laughs> I think uh, you can come pick up your swag here as well. And, and you know, like, if Cristiano enters and wins, then maybe I'll mail it to him. I don't know. I don't expect him to make a return trip from Brazil, although he doesn't go back till next Tuesday, Tony. So perhaps we could arrange this next week. We'll say hello to him here momentarily. Let's finish our personal countdown with uh, the last one on the list. Number one. All right, Tony Smith. Yeah, look, uh, Jaguars Nation, I'm fully on board with the Jags as of, you know, the last 10 years, especially doing this show, but I used to be a Giants fan. That's what I grew up as, and – Certainly, when they're taking on the 18-0 New England Patriots, that was a big deal. I was pulling hard for one side and arguably the greatest play in Super Bowl history made by David Tyree to help the Giants get the win over the undefeated Patriots. Certainly going to top my list personally. All right, there you go. Well, let's hear it. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Inside the 25 and a timeout taken. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. And Eli, man, I don't know how he got out of there. I thought he was on the ground and, and then he came out of the pile and just slings it. It's a pretty good call. I mean, it's an okay call, but yeah. you feel like, man, do you realize what's about to happen here? Like yeah. the significance of that play in NFL history, yeah. one of the most significant plays of all time, for sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, uh, hard to imagine. By the way, somebody obviously listens to the program 
uh, says uh, Lisanne got you into a bar on Super Bowl week. It's actually draft week up in Philadelphia, and there was a line of, I don't know, a couple of blocks long to get into this nightclub after we're done working for the day covering the draft. And there were, you know, a group of like 12 of us. And Lisa Ann just goes up. She goes, follow me. And just walks around the line, gets up there, calls somebody inside the club who works there to come out. She goes, how many you got? Like 12, 14, what? All right, follow me. And we skip the line. I felt like a star, Tony. I felt like a star. I felt like a pretty girl at the disco back in the 70s. Go right in, young lady. All right, the Pockets, what do you got number one on your list? Numero uno, same game that led to uh, after the David Tyree catch. Manning lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown, New York. Tell you, Joe, you take a look at this route here by Plexico Burris. A great job. Ellis Hobbs in coverage. He starts to the inside just enough to sell the slant, and then he goes to the corner. They call that the slant and go route, sluggo route, and it worked beautifully. Yeah, so this was my first Super Bowl I remember watching, and my dad at the time was a big well, he was a big Dolphins fan, and he didn't want the Patriots to win, obviously, because of the undefeated season. So, that was pretty good. And that game was on your birthday. Yes. That's how we found out that and Saturday can, was his birthday. You know, we mentioned it with the Titans play and how corporate the event is, and you could feel the whole stadium kind of go, aww. Right when the Titans are half a yard short, you could hear it there that the whole stadium was like, "We get to watch the 18-0 Patriots lose." Yes, right. Like you could feel the energy in the building go up because they were watching history being made. There was very much a lot of that going on that day, no question about it. It was amazing, and uh, like I said, the only post game ever just to go see Tom Coughlin and just yeah. kind of almost stand there and yeah. just uh, like happy yeah. for him. Like that I don't think all that noise is Giants fans dominating that building. No, uh, it's people saying me? we get to watch the Patriots lose. This uh, is awesome. Absolutely. We're watching history. Yeah. Either way, you were watching history, but it was more satisfying, I think, for a lot of people. All right, uh, my number one pockets. Let's do it. Today's 10-10 take. 10 take. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. All right, I'm going to look – Pandering, you can say what you want. To me, this is personal. Like, Super Bowl Thirty Nine here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. I, I have a very specific memory. It's not of the game. The game was fine, right? And uh, at the time, I think I was actually rooting for the Patriots. That's how far back in time that was, you know, right. to, to pick who we wanted to win that game. But just to have to, – to be myself, as fortunate as I was to be a small part of the thing that was going on here, to look around – David Lamb and Joe Cowart and I did a pregame show uh, at a bar somewhere on Bay Street. And it was like all decked out with Philadelphia Eagles fans. You know, it's like a designated Eagles bar or whatever. But we did a a pregame show from like 10 to noon. Yeah. Something like this. Now, keep in mind, the game kicks off at 6, whatever. Maybe it was noon to 2. It was way earlier than the game. But we got done. And... I had my credential around my neck. I was so damn proud. Like, I have a Super Bowl <laughs> credential. Like, who am I? Like, where, how did this happen? How did yeah. I get from the guy who was working at the gas station in the early 90s to being credentialed to go to the Super Bowl like 10 years later? And I, I'm walking down Bay Street, and there's so many – there's somebody who was doing three-card money. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking, uh-uh, not going to be me. Somebody comes up to me with a handful of hundreds – and tries to buy my credentials, a thousand bucks right now. It's yeah. got my face on it, man. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's you're <laughs> probably not going to be able to use it, but uh, and I just thinking like I wouldn't sell. It was priceless, you know, just to be a part of, to walk yeah. down. I was so proud of Jacksonville and everything, and 
screw all these people who say that Jacksonville did a bad job with the Super Bowl. It was fantastic, all right? Uh, would it be better in a new modern stadium? Yeah. It, yeah. One day, maybe you'll get that 20 years down the line. But honestly, it, it was so amazing to see what Jacksonville had come from in a decade's time to to almost not getting a franchise to now we're hosting the Super Bowl and and the the center of the sports world was right here yeah in the 904 and, and my uh, uh met my, a lot man my favorite moment of that whole week I I didn't get to cover it I wasn't doing that side of it yet um that year but I did get to meet Sylvester Stallone at a bar here in town yeah like he was just in at a bar hey, uh, in town and he was Trying to like run everybody off, he was like, "No, no, no, I'm not Stallone. I'm not Stallone. I'm not Stallone." And a little kid came up to him, and the kid walked up to him and said, "Are you Rocky?" And he goes, "Hey, yo!" And I'm like, "Oh, it's like, <laughs> it oh is my Rocky. god, that's him. That's that's Stallone." It was really cool. All right, let's say hi to our brother Cristiano, all the way up from Brazil. What's up, my brother? How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Representing uh, Freddie T today oh yeah get your fred taylor jersey on big so, week our future hall of famer this is what we all certainly hope all right yeah. we'll find out this week like tony just alluded to but uh i know there's a, a combined work vacation trip for you right i, I right. hard to believe that you took one special night out just to come out and hang out with us uh here today uh, it couldn't be any different uh i'm it's family i have to visit Family, right? and we, we call Cristiano our, the South American producer of Jaguars today. So you're definitely going to be our opening week correspondent. I, are you excited that the Philadelphia and somebody is coming to Brazil? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a one-hour trip from Rio, and so we will be there in Sao Paulo. And Bro, you, you've come here for games. I think you can make that one-hour yeah, trip. Yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any plans to return to Jacksonville for an actual Jaguar game anytime soon? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a long flight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> uh, we know you, we're happy that you're here. No doubt, man. We love that you're a part of the international Jaguar community fan base, and uh, you are a good friend of ours, man. And we uh, thank you. We're, we're happy that you're visiting, and uh, you get to meet Big Surce here in a minute oh, too. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. very exciting for hey, you. Yeah. You know, well, I'm uh -huh. excited every day. I get to talk yeah. to Big Surce on occasion. I feel lucky. So, all right, uh, Cristiano, all the best. Uh, safe travels and. Uh, how would you vote? Would the Jags get a Super Bowl in Trevor Lawrence's time here in Jacksonville? Yes or no? Yes. Now, of course they will. <laughs> yes. Only one? Stop. Yeah. I like how three of the four of us at the desk get the Jaguars memo and Leon's here and Leon's his here Ravens purple. Rocking the Ravens. I mean, how's an ex-Steeler wear the purple like that, man? <laughs> you know what? When you're as tough as Leon Searcy, you can wear anything you like. Uh, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Sir, how often do you have the desire to square me up and just give me that punch that you never, always talk never, about? Never, never, absolutely never, never, never. Wow. And I'm not rocking the Ravens. Listen, it was laundry day, all right? <laughs> it's a, it's just a purple never, shirt is all it this is. This is a purple shirt. I would never rock the Ravens. <laughs> but by the way, I, I am one of the 10 worst uh, free agent acquisitions in history. I'm very proud of that. You're one of the 10 the worst oh, well, yeah. for them. Yeah, for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah number two. Well, there you go. <laughs> the hell with them. The right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Who cares, yeah, man? Who cares. Too bad you can't be number one. Yeah, you know? I, well, that was to Elvis Gerback. He was that's, probably a little bit know, more terrible. That's, that's probably bar. a little bit more terrible than me. <laughs> that's a high bar for you. Are, are you, like, uh, with, growing up, you yeah. play in the league, right? Mm -hmm. I, Tony and I have been struck over the years. We go to Radio Row for the Super Bowl, and we talk to guys who are like, you know what? Never uh, – 
was a fan of the league, never really watched the league, didn't know the league. Were you a fan of the NFL? Oh, absolutely. Up? Listen, I was born in Washington, D.C., so I was a huge uh, Washington Redskins fan. Absolutely loved the Redskins. So I never got a chance to go to RFK Stadium at that particular time because my dad absolutely hated the Redskins. He was a <laughs> Cowboys fan. And what my dad used to do is if, when the Redskins were winning or something like that, or they were beating the Cowboys, he would turn off the TV while I was watching it. <laughs> and if the Cowboys were beating the Redskins, he would pour it on me. It Turn that volume up. Oh, it made me cry. It made me cry. It made me cry. So, I mean, I, that's why I grew up remembering. Sure. That, that, so, I was an NFL fan very, very, very young. All right. Well, uh, what do you guys have today for the NFL fans and the sports fan in general? Uh, well, you know, we, uh, we've got Coach Campo coming on. And um, Coach Campo's brought a guy on that broke my heart, uh, Super Bowl thirty, Larry Brown. Oh. Yeah. So, uh Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever thought of squaring up Larry Brown and giving him uh, that well, Cersei punch? Well, well, he's not here in the studio. He'll I be understand. able to fall, so won't be able to uh, put, you know, baptize him. But. Put, put your hands on him. <laughs> yeah, right, well, like I'm sure he'll have, we'll have some choice words today. All right. Uh, by the way, um, how was the uh, Super Bowl cookoff? Were we going to get full well, details yeah. coming up? Well, we, uh, I've, got my, I've got my double fried hot sauce hibachi. The uh, Nashville Heat Wings in right there. Oh, oh my goodness. That sounds like. Oh, you got to try them. I'll try them. You but think I'll they're cry smoky? Too. They're, you think they're smoky, but I'm telling you, I've already got uh, a fill out for some of the guys who tasted it already. They love it. All right. Yeah. Do I need an insurance waiver? No, this? no, they're, they're not. They're not hot, but you know it sounds hot with all the. It ingredients. does. You made no, it. Sound, you made it sound I, a little intimidating. No, it, well, actually, it's not. It's not. All right, I'll, I'll give it a. I'll, I'll at least give it a sniff as I walk by. All right, no uh, <laughs> The kitchen, Leon. Seriously, have a good it. show today. You got it. There you go, Big Sirs with XL Primetime coming your way for the next three hours. Uh, Cristiano, again, uh, good to see you. Thanks for visiting and. Uh, I know you're going to do the Orlando thing with the fam. Uh, yes. Was there any thought to try to sync it up with the Pro Bowl, or did it just not work no, out? No, no, no. didn't work out. Hey, this is much more important, much more exciting, <laughs> I'm sure. Absolutely. Just sitting here and listening to a few guys just run their mouths for a couple hours. All right, thanks to everybody today who uh, submitted their top five list. That was a lot of fun. And uh, give us ideas for future top five lists that will, you know, we'll do a lot of Jaguar-centric stuff in that uh, camp. John Osier will join us in studio tomorrow. We'll look back on uh, Super Bowl opening night and get a little bit more into what Roger Goodell had to say yesterday in his annual State of the League press conference. But that'll do it for us today. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. This has been Jaguars Today. Stick around for XL Primetime. Coming up next here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.